The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Winner, winner, chicken dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Action Network podcast, the Golf Edition. As a reminder, all odds courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. I am Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Peter Jennings from Fantasy Labs, and excited for another week. We've, Pete, we've got three big tournaments. I mean, the Shriners Hospitals for Children Open on the PGA Tour this week has a, a handful of really big names, including Bryson DeChambeau playing for the first time after winning the U.S. Open. The European Tour flagship event, the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth, is this week with a lot of big names. Tommy Fleetwood, Patrick Reed atop the odds board this week. And then we've got the Women's LPGA Championship over at Aronimink um, with all, of course, the big names in a major for the women as well. So can't wait to dive in. Uh, before we do, let's uh, let's take a little trip down uh, memory lane for last week because you were all over Sergio Garcia on last week's podcast. So all I can say, Pete, is I assume congratulations to you. Yeah, lit a lot of money on fire on Luke List, who uh, made a really bad bogey to miss the cut on the number. I was all over him for the gimme and had exposure to him everywhere. But Sergio more than made up for it with a, a really, really solid weekend. So it was fun to watch. Uh, There's actually quite a bit of drama on Sunday. Malnati was just going absolutely nuclear. I mean, 15, <laughs> he looks like he's in trouble. I'm like, all right, he's, he's going to fade out of here. He pulls it left, like doesn't really have a swing. And then he hits this like ridiculous, like I don't, it's not a full flop because he didn't have a full swing, but somehow hit it from, this is the drivable part four. He has vines in front of him, trees, everything. Bounces it off the fringe like 10 feet. Like he's amazed at himself, makes the birdie. Makes another birdie coming in, and he gets to 18 under. And I'm like, my goodness, Malnati's going to ruin this for Sergio. But Sergio played incredible, including just a majestic shot on 14, which he made for Eagle. And then uh, a vintage shot. I mean, uh, what a great shot he had on 18. And he did all this while putting with his eyes closed. I don't know if that's going to help my full swing, because um, the putting is <laughs> the one thing I feel comfortable about. But what did you take away from uh, the, this weekend? Yeah, I'm I'm closing my eyes for everything now. When I drive to the course, I have my eyes closed just based on Sergio being able to win. Look, I, I said last week I didn't like Sergio just because I didn't think he would necessarily be motivated. I thought it was a little strange that he was going to Jackson, Mississippi to play in the Sanderson Farms for the first time in his career. But obviously I was wrong. He was looking for something there. And whether he had the right intentions for why he was going or not, it doesn't really matter. I mean, when he got there, he decided he felt like playing last week, and when he feels like playing, he's as good as anybody out there, especially in that field, which wasn't the greatest field. That's one of those where, uh, Peter, we're going to look back six months from now, a year from now, and look at the archive field list and odds pre-tournament from that one and go, how was everybody not on Sergio Garcia at 66-1 to pre-tournament? He's the best player in the field. That looks silly that we wouldn't take him, and so... Uh, kudos to you for having him. Um, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir with everybody listening out there. If you're listening to us right now, you understand all about betting golf in the sort of non-peak season, uh, especially when there's 
NFL football, college football, Major League Baseball playoffs, the NBA finals. If you're listening to a golf podcast uh, about betting, then you're obviously still firing. But the fact that you, Peter Jennings, are sitting here breaking down Peter Malnati's final round at the Sanderson Farms that took place on an NFL football Sunday because you were watching so much and so heavily invested, that should tell us everything we need to know about why we should invest in the game, why we should make some bets. And and I tell people all the time, I was playing golf with a buddy the other day. I said, you know, I was kind of preaching my, you know, my little spiel that I give to everybody. I said, I don't don't care if you're, you know, you don't have to take out a second mortgage and bet on this stuff. Like throw $5 down, make a DFS lineup, throw another $2 down on an outright bet. And it's, it's nothing, you know, it's, Hey, so don't go out to breakfast tomorrow morning. If you, if you lose the money, it's not a big deal. It, It doesn't necessarily matter how much you're betting, but make that investment and make it enough that it's worth your while that on a weekend where you'd otherwise be watching football and invested in other sports, invested in other things, you want to pay attention to what's going on in the golf world. It's preaching to the choir with me, but uh, I totally agree. There's so much entertainment value. You know, I've noticed that I've had a little action on some of these baseball games. I haven't watched any baseball this year and all of a sudden mm-hmm. I have baseball on and I'm sweating and it's fun. <laughs> so yeah, it's great. And you don't, you can bet small amounts and that's, that's the really fun part about it. Uh, golf is my favorite sweat. I think it's so entertaining. So much can change on one shot and it's just, it's just a great sweat. So, and I, if you're trying to, you know, grind out a profit and, and you're really looking at this, you know, I'm not just investing my time and looking for entertainment. You're trying to make money. Uh, this is the time to do it. I mean, the bookmakers have so many things going on with college sports, yes, yes. NFL, I don't see as much value this week as I saw last week. I thought last week was just a gold mine given kind of the weaker field, but it's still a really exciting week and golf's going to be great. And, you know, we're going to blink Jason and we're going to be at the masters, which is going to be just heaven. So I'm, I'm stoked. We've got, uh, like I said, a, a pretty good week. I mean, for, for early October, we've got uh, a pretty good uh, PGA tour event this week with uh, like, a, like I said, a lot of big names. European tour is fantastic. Best tournament of the year over there other than the open championship and then a major on the LPGA. So uh, we've got a great week for October. The PGA tour after this stays in Vegas for another week uh, at shadow Creek next week for the CGA cup, which is usually in Asia, then goes over to Sherwood in LA for the Zozo championship that I believe to Houston and then to the masters. I mean, we're, we're coming up on it very, very quickly. And the lead up to the masters this year is, is pretty good. The next two weeks are going to be, uh, surprisingly good fields uh, at both CJ Cup and the Zozo. So can't wait for that. Can't wait to get into that. Um, but as you said, uh, talking about this week, uh, let's dig into the Shriners Hospitals for Children Open at TBC Summerlin, as always. And uh, yeah, a field uh, where we've got Bryson DeChambeau, former champion, Webb Simpson, former champion, Patrick Cantley, former champion, all three of whom finished in the top 10 last year, Tony Finau, also in the top 10, Hideki Matsuyama, Colin Morikawa, uh, Scotty Scheffler, all in the field. I disagree with you a little bit, and I shouldn't do this because uh, I, I know that I usually come out on the losing end of this, but I do think there's some value. I see some guys at 40, 50, 60, 70 to one, and even guys into the triple digits that I think have some pretty nice value this week. Let's start off at the top. And as I mentioned, uh, a bunch of these good players have had success here and I, I'm not sure I can necessarily differentiate between all of them, but uh, I hate to do it. But once again, 
I might be riding the Tony Finau bandwagon and just say, hey, you know what? We're already all in anyway, so we're pot committed on Finau. Uh, let's keep going on it. He grew up in Utah. He's played a lot of good desert golf. Uh, used to go to Vegas all the time, make the trip with his brother when he was a young kid and uh, played in big money matches out there. So I, I like him. I like Webb. It's hard not to like Bryson, hard not to like Cantley. Where are we going with the top of this thing? Giddy up. Let's bet horses for courses. Yeah, Bryson is the rightful favorite by a good margin. That's no surprise. Uh, you want to bet him? Uh, I don't think there's value. Um, no, given the no. strength of the field, he's seven eight to one. Uh, I mean, I know what he just did at the U.S. Open, but uh, there's too many good golfers for that short of a price. You look at Webb Simpson next. I, I think he's probably the second guy that I, that I look to. I'm with you on Finau. I actually think Finau probably has a little more win equity than Colin Morikawa, who I've been on. A little bearish on Morikawa still relative to you to where I was before. I think he's a great player, but he's priced so expensive now. The guy that I see the most value in, I, I think Matsuyama is far and away the, the guy that I want to invest in here. His ball striking has been so, so, so good. I know the putting's been bad. We just saw what happened with Sergio. You get a week where you putt decently. If you're if you're an elite ball striker, you're going to be able to contend. I think Matsuyama's playing some pretty darn good golf. Uh, I like the change in his swing. He's starting to see the results. He doesn't have that as you know really really big pause that he used to have, and it's just starting to come together in a big way for him. So I like him at the top. Uh, I know some people are going to be on Cantlay and Scheffler and a guy that deserves to be in the same top tier categories, Matt Wolf, who I think is a pretty interesting yeah. bet as well. Um, so that's kind of where I would, I would draw the line. I think Harris English is rising rapidly. Sung Jay kind of had an up and down week last week. Ricky Fowler's there. So it's a really compelling field. Um, but at the top, I think I like Matsuyama the most. But Fino is a close second. I, I really like Fino. I have him kind of right there as the third or fourth best golfer in the field for this week. Yeah, I'd say Fino and Simpson for me out of that top tier. Matsuyama, I've been saying for the last two and a half, three years, he is overdue for his next PGA Tour victory. That said, Pete, looking at Data Golf, uh, their site, which does a tremendous job kind of breaking down all the numbers and analytics of the game, if you look at their course model, what it tells us is that putting is probably more important at TPC Summerlin than it is at other golf courses. Uh, uh, driving distance, not it doesn't mean the driving distance isn't an advantage. It's an advantage every week, but it's not more of an advantage on this course than other courses. Strokes gained approach shots, not more of an advantage here than it is at other places. Putting and chipping around the green, you can get more of an advantage on this course than others. And for that reason, I've kind of moved there. Hideki down a few notches. Are you on board with that? Does that make sense to you? Shout out to Data Golf. They do great work. I, I am waiting putting less than it sounds like they are. I do think it's more important than certain weeks. Like last week was a great week to, to take the bad putters. I don't think that's the case at all this week. I think it does matter. Hideki, fourth tee to green. In 2020, even though he played terrible from a results standpoint, he was still second tee to green. He's just losing so many strokes putting. But if you look at his stats, he's actually been gaining strokes around the green as well. In 2020, he was fifth in strokes gained around the green, which I agree with that part big time. I think around the green really matters this week. And I do think putting matters, but just the strokes gained data and stats from Atsuyama have me really bullish on him. So uh, I think he's a, a strong player. But, but you know, I still think Bryson and Webb 
are stronger overall, like they're more likely to win by my numbers. So right, right. Pricing right now, uh, as we're recording this pod late Monday night, he is at plus six fifty at BetMGM. Mm. I just uh, I, I love Bryson. Great. I think it, it, Bryson has the one thing that a lot of major champions, especially first time major champions don't have. I mean, you looked at Shane Lowry when Shane Lowry won the open last year at Royal Portrush. You said, man, awesome win. So happy for that guy. He's going to go on a little bender and he's going to have about a three month hangover until he starts playing well again. And that's exactly what happened. It might've been a little longer than three months before he really found it again. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you fight your whole life. You, you practice your whole life to get to be a major champion. You're allowed to enjoy the spoils a little bit. Bryson DeChambeau, I don't think has that in him. I, my guess is that, in fact, I know that Bryson was going to Colorado uh, yep. the day after he won the U.S. Open to go work with his trainer and and, and figure out how to keep getting better. And so um, I, I like the fact that Bryson is basically going to step on the gas pedal after winning his major, as opposed to some other players who basically take their foot off the gas pedal and say, okay, I've done what I wanted to do for so long. Let me enjoy it. Let me relax and enjoy it. I'm not saying that one of those ways is right or one of those ways is wrong. I'm just saying that Bryson, I think, has more post-major championship victory value than a lot of other players do. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, It's really cool. He's going to be out in Colorado, and I've heard so many great things about Bryson as a person out here, talking to people on the range, helping people out. He clearly just absolutely loves golf. You know, he's got his trainer out here, the muscle activation guy. He recently joined a club out here. So really cool to just hear stories. Uh, you know, he's, he's at a place that where I have friends. So, yeah, excited for Bryson. I, I, you know, I think he's a clear favorite. Just when you start getting into these numbers, I mean, yeah, maybe when, you know, he's the clear class of the field, which he's the favorite in the field. But you got Webb, you got Matsuyama, you got Finau, you got Morikawa. I mean, there's a really strong top of the leaderboard here going to kind of, I guess that, you know, tier one B group of guys. This is where I, I, I'm trying to figure out where I want to go. I think I'm going to be buying Zala Torres, who's at the bottom of this tier. You have English, Sungjae, Sergio, Casey, Ustazen, kind of co-crack, Jason Day, Neiman, um, answers up there, Munoz. And I know you're hesitating because, if it's a putter's course, we don't want to take Zalatoris, right? I'm hesitating because he burned all my money last week. Same That's here, why. man. That was the one guy I really, really needed. Uh, it still ended up being a good week, but Zalatoris was a, a really painful yeah. guy to go down. But I think he's still worth buying in this range, although the putting thing has me a little concerned. Where are you looking kind of in this next tier? Okay, and this next tier, how how far are we going to consider this tier one? Whatever you want. I mean, you can make it over your, I, I think, like, answer is kind of like the last guy for me. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go a little deeper than that just because I have one guy that I really like. So, okay. uh, first off, Jason Day, if you were able to get in very early Monday morning, Jason Day was listed at 50 to 1 wow, very early. Price. He was mispriced. Uh, and if you woke up a little late on Monday, had a little Sunday night football hangover, then – uh, you might have just missed it, but uh, if you were able to wake up Monday morning and look at Jason Day, he's now down to thirty-three to one. But you could yeah. have gotten him at a really, really big number um, early in the day. So uh, at thirty-three, I like Jason Day. At fifty, I really like Jason Day. So sure. um, I, the the market has sort of corrected itself and figured it out. Abraham Answer, I believe, was T four at this event two years ago. Um, I, I like him. This time of year seems to suit Answer really well, and. I think there's something to that. 
and I don't want to get into biorhythms and, you know, how your body responds to certain times of the year and things like that. But I do think there's something to, hey, this guy gets into September, October, November, and starts playing better golf than he did all year. I, I think there's absolutely something to be said for that. Uh, and Abraham Answer is a guy that, that has done that uh, consistently. And then the third guy I want to mention, the reason I wanted to go past Answer into this range, it's a little bit higher, but I think that Joaquin Neiman at 66 to 1 is my favorite play in the field, criminally underpriced. And I think that um, I, I looked uh, back at him last year. He was the, after winning at the Greenbrier, he was the tournament favorite at the Sanderson Farms, where he was 14 to 1, came to Vegas for this event where it was maybe even a better field at the top. Adam Scott and a couple other guys who were playing well were right up there. And Joaquin Neiman last year was 30 to one. So he was, he is more than twice that number this week with maybe a field that's not quite as good and him having one more year of experience under his belt. What do you think of Neiman this week? Neiman has been lights out ball striking clinic. Um, the putting has really been the only bugaboo, but yeah, I put it well at the U.S. Open. I'll that's, point it out exactly, and and that's the thing. Anyone can putt well at any time, even these bad putters. I mean, look at Keegan Bradley's round. Freaking Keegan just totally boned me on the weekend. I'm getting better at every aspect of my game. My game. If I go out and hit it this way, that it's it's just not going to come off strong. I hate fucking Keegan Bradley. I mean, Keegan, friend of the show, I mean, putted lights out Thursday, Friday, Saturday was, I mean, he missed like a two foot bird, or birdie putt on a par five after three, putt. Yeah. he three putted like three or four times. It's like, this guy just can't find it at all. And then he starts splashing bombs on Sunday. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that's, um, you know, there's a lot of short-term variants. Obviously there's better putters and worse putters, but in the, you know, in one event, anyone can get hot with a flat stick. So. I like that. I think Neiman is a, a good value this week. Um, I actually think he's really close. I mean, I have him uh, really close with Zalatoris, and, and that's that's interesting because they're priced pretty similarly, and I, I think um, both of them are probably a little bit underpriced. I think they're both really nice values. And I actually think, you know, Jason Day, I love him. I have him better than those guys, but it's somewhat close. And Day's line movement, just because of his name, has made him unbettable. 50 to 1 was a great price, but now in that 33, 35 to one range, you can still get Salatoris and Neiman in that kind of 70 to one range. So I'm with you there. Uh, moving down is where I start to see a lot of value. Yes, Some sir. usual names. Harold Varner, I still think he's mispriced. Really like him in general. I like Cameron Tringali again, who played pretty poor on the weekend, but I think he's, he's kind of trending in the right direction. Cameron Smith is someone who I find really interesting. Streelman mm-hmm. plays a ton of golf. He's a member down in Arizona. He's familiar with these types of courses. I think he's another really strong play. Um, I, have, I have some deep sleepers, but where are you kind of going in this like mid-tier? I've got five players currently at 80-1 to 1 on BetMGM who I love uh, for filling up DFS lineups for top 10, top 20 type props for any matchups I can get them in. Uh, one of them, I can't believe you haven't named. You, you know what I'm about to say. No, come on. It's the Peter Jennings special. I cannot believe that Aaron Wise's name has oh, not been you like mentioned Aaron Wise. that far down. Oh, he, he finally did some last week. So I, I like Wise, yeah. but even better than him. I like, love Cameron Smith this week. Love. Uh, like that Denny that is a guy I love. 
Loves yeah, Danny Smith. Like Denny McCarthy, like Cameron Smith, by the way, T13 at this event last year. He's been playing well. Denny McCarthy has been playing really well. If this does turn into a putting contest, he's the best putter there is out there. Yep. Christopher Ventura with three straight or three top 15s in his last four starts. Plus, he was T18 last year when he wasn't nearly as good a player as he is right now. Doc Redman as well. Doc Redman, I just, I can't, I can't get off Doc Redman right now. I just, I think he's going to win. He's going to win soon. And I don't want to be off that train when it finally pulls into the winner's circle. Yeah. Well, Aaron Wise, unfortunately, got a big bump, which I'm, I, they, they adjusted Aaron Wise that fast. I cannot pay too much. Aaron Wise is uh, lower priced than Matt Kuchar this week. Crazy. That's why, I mean, I, I was going to mention, I mean, I think he's more properly priced than he's been. It's just he was, you know, putting badly on the wrong side of variance and, and playing bad golf for the skill that he has. And now one good event and they just move him like crazy. I mean, that is uh, that is frustrating. But, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with a couple of guys. I love Cameron Smith. And then if you're going to buy the putty, McCarthy, I mean, just watching that guy play, he is always scaring the hole he splashes a ton of putts but yeah. he is so good with the flat stick and that's been consistent i believe he's led strokes game putting the last two years um which is he has really 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 tough to do one season obviously is a bigger sample but so much can go on to be first back-to-back years shows how good of a butter he is so i'm with you on that i think that's a really sharp call what about the bottom tier okay so getting a little bit deeper we get into the triple digits and Bet MGM, I don't know if this line has moved on this guy or if it's just a little bit uh, lower at Bet MGM than some other books. But Maverick McNeely, if Joaquin Neiman is 1A, my favorite play this week, then Matt McNeely is 1B, my favorite play at his number. I had seen him at 125 or even 140 to 1 in other books. Bet MGM has him at 100 to 1. I still think that's a, a pretty good number for McNeely, who led the field in putt at strokes game putting at the Sanderson Farms last week, which I think is a really good barometer for what he can do this week. Um, there, The corollary courses for TBC Summerlin, you, you look at some of the West Coast courses like Pebble Beach at Spyglass at MPCC, all the all the courses that host the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am where he played really well, uh, should be a nice correlation to TBC Summerlin. And, and I think McNeely should have another good week. Again, I get it, Pete. I get it. We say it all the time that, uh, putting is less sustainable than ball striking, but I still think he's going to bring a little something to this one. I like it. I like the McNeely call a lot. I mean, that's, you know, all the guys we're talking about wise, uh, Taurus, we got a lot of young guns that we're firing at. Unfortunately, well, some of these numbers at bet MGM little shorter. I think yeah, we've talked about this extensively, but if you're betting there, I see by far the most value in their top fives, top tens, top twenties, no dead heat rules. Uh, they're outright. Sometimes there's some good numbers, especially kind of mid round, but a little shorter right now. You know, I was looking at Martin Laird at like the, you know, some pretty long numbers. He's 150 to one, which is a little short on BetMGM, but I think it's interesting. A guy who actually I do see value on BetMGM who has a longer number uh, at MGM than other books is Keith Mitchell, who I know he's a really good Bermuda guy. He's one out on the kind of the South course or, you know, Southern courses. Uh, but Keith Mitchell has got some serious high upside. His downside we've seen a lot recently. I've been on Keith Mitchell, and unfortunately he's had some bad rounds. Made a nine a couple weeks ago, or yeah, two weeks ago now um, on a par four. But if he puts it together, 250 to one, I will, I will, I like his range of outcomes uh, at that price. So he's another guy that I like as a long shot. And I've mentioned Bo Hostler a couple times. 
we got to spend some time with him. Uh, really rooting for Bo Hostler to, to kind of turn it on. He's another guy that I like uh, near the bottom of the list. And you know who's gotten to the bottom of the list now that I want to see turn around is Max Homa, um, mm. who I know is a West Coast kid, not playing his best best golf now, still one of the best balls in social media. Hopefully Max Homa can, can get it going here. Okay, so I like the Martin Laird call, probably the best of all of them. Laird has shown that he plays desert golf really well. Another desert golf guy, I'll give you two more names. Another desert golf guy that's played really well over the years. He tends to play better on Thursday, Friday than Saturday, Sunday. Um, so you might want to make him like a, a first-round leader type bet. That's where I like him. But Scott Piercy, a, a Vegas native who tends to play well at this event, I believe eight top 25s and 14 career starts at this one. Then I'm going to go really deep and give you a name. It's a blast from the past, in the past being last year. When the class of 2019 came out of college, we had Colin Morikawa, who went just rocket straight to the moon superstar. Victor Hovland, absolutely superstar. Matthew Wolf, superstar. And the fourth guy, the fourth Beatle in there, didn't really get as much attention and certainly didn't play as well as the other three when they first turned professional. And that was Justin Suh. And Justin Suh is a guy who in his last two PGA Tour starts as a 14th and a 21st, played three events on the local IQ series, which is giving starts to guys uh, on the lower levels of PGA Tour sanctioned circuits and uh, finished top 10 in all three of the events he played there. So I think Justin Suh has some really good value this week at 6,200 on DraftKings. I'm starting lineups at some point with Justin Suh and going from there. Well, you just hit on names I like. I think the Piercy call is extremely sharp. And then Suh, for sure, you know, they talked about that a ton when they're in the Dominican Republic. They kept showing like the conferences with, you know, Hovland and Morikawa and yeah. Wolf and him there. And uh, he was doing really well. I think he chipped in on his last hole, uh, maybe on Saturday or something, if I recall, but just kind of folded on Sunday. But clearly a ton of talent and would love to see him play well uh, at this course, too. So, yeah, that's where I see more value from a betting perspective is at the bottom tier. But DFS is really fun this week. To Bryson or not to Bryson is the interesting part. He's he's way too short of uh, odds to, to bet. But in DFS, uh, on DraftKings, he's a little tougher to fit, but he's still probably worth fitting in a lot of a lot of lineups. But on FanDuel, it's just like an auto plug-and-play. So, yeah, yeah I don't it's, know. It's, it's a it, lot it, easier to, to make some good lineups on FanDuel, especially I've made a couple on FanDuel already where I go a Justin Suh and a Piercy or a Laird or somebody else who's – really low priced on DFS and you can just fire four superstars in the lineup with those guys. Just hope the lower price players play pretty well. Yeah. Well, we're on the same page. We should make that DFS lineup. Cause I, I think, I think we're, uh, I think we got some good picks here. All right. Well, let's get to it. But first we are extremely excited to announce that the action pods tournament of champions presented by bet MGM is now live. This is a free weekly Yahoo DFS tournament specifically for our podcast listeners. And you can join by simply clicking on the link in our episode description. The top 10 finishers each week receive over $1,000 worth of Action Network prizes. And the top five each week punch their ticket to the wildcard weekend grand finale, where they will compete for the grand prize at Vegas trip for two, valued at over $5,000 courtesy of BetMGM. Again, listeners can join this tournament every week of the NFL regular season. Just click on the link in our episode description. All right, Pete, you said it. You want to get to the DFS lineup. By the way, I just want to point out, our lineup for the Scottish Open last week was pretty good. 
Do you have it in you? Have you done of any course. research for the BMW? Okay. I, was, of course. I, I know you were busy. I know you were doing things today. So I, Dude, wanted, I didn't want to put you on I, the spot. But. I, had, I played one lineup and I had Lee Westwood in it. And that started off so hot. And unfortunately, just 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 kind of puttered to the finish line. But Lee Westwood, what a sharp call. I, re, I mean, he was, that was a great play. On Thursday afternoon last week, I got a really nice play. Twitter message from a guy who said, I listened to the podcast with you and Peter. I told my friends, hey, they love Lee Westwood. Let's get on that. We all bet him first round leader. And I love that. Thank you so much. So uh, shout out to that listener uh, for the tweet. What a nice glad thing you, to do. Too. Glad you won. Uh, yeah, we hear so much crap on Twitter from people who are like almost all negative about stuff. So I yeah. really appreciate when someone says that. Uh, by the way, I didn't get on Lee Westwood first round leader. I had him outright. So yeah, you texted uh, me that. You won off of that pick. <laughs> yeah, how frustrating is that? You're you're all in guy. You have him everywhere. He lights the world on fire on Thursday. The one where you can profit on that is first round leader, and then it's not like he did bad, but he just didn't. You know, he 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 didn't back up the Thursday round. So. Yeah. No, but, That's but right. might go back to the well this week as Westwood is a solid play. All right, well, let's start with our PGA Tour lineup. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him, and you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. Okay, I'm going to do, I, I mentioned this a minute ago. Justin Suh, I just talked all about him just a second ago. Uh, really good young player. He's hitting his groove right now. He's a West Coast kid. Uh, they're playing on the West Coast. I I am penciling him in right now at 6,200 to start the lineup, and then I think we can spend some money from there. I, I like kind of going inside out, working our way backwards this week as opposed to just starting at the top. Okay. Well, I'll spend money, but I'm not going to determine our fate about Bryson just yet. I'm going to pick Matsuyama. Who's 9,900? I think he's a just clear cut slam dunk value play. So good tee to green. And he's good around the greens too. Just hopefully he makes a couple putts this week. Yeah, I'll buy it. I never don't like Matsuyama. So just, uh, you know, just so, just so you know, I, I think this is more of a putter's course. That said, I'm about to take a guy who doesn't putt well either. I, you know, as I wrote in my preview this week, I can't tell you how many times over the past two years I've been following Joaquin Neiman on Shot Tracker on the PGA Tour app and it says, 177 yards from fairway to six feet, two inches from the hole. And then all of a sudden a par pops up on a scorecard. You're like, come on, man, you were six feet. I was already counting you for birdie. But that said at 8,100, I am plugging in Joaquin Neiman right now. What's so funny, Jason. I, I, I'm sweating it a little less now. I tried, I mean, gotten busy, um, but I try not to sweat it that much, but inevitably I do. And I have that happen so often and I get tilted and then I have to remind myself, dude, I'm taking ball strikers who can't putt. Like you're just signing, you're <laughs> signing up for this exact thing. Like yes. you're not signing up for the guy to spray it around and then splash bombs. You're signing up for the guy to, you know, s- you know, stake a bunch of shots and miss a bunch of putts. So I do that all the time. I, I like the Neiman pick quite a bit. I think that's really, really sharp. Can, uh, can we have Denny McCarthy just putt for Hideki and Joaquin this week? Well, I was just going to take McCarthy, who I think is a really good player. <laughs> I had him in uh, FanDuel lineups last week. I like McCarthy a lot this week. I tell you what, our scramble team is going to be fantastic. Oh, my gosh. But Joaquin hits some drives out there. We'll let Hideki hit all the approach shots. Denny hits all the putts. And, and I mean, uh, we don't even need we a second. We got Tiger Woods on our hands. We got, like, prime <laughs> Tiger. Just, yeah, we're Still your favorite golfer. Uh, okay, so we're at four of six positions filled. We've got 9,000 left. 
I wanted to throw Cameron Smith in there, who oh, I know you've that's, that's fucked up at 7,800. Yeah. And, and when we go do that, we have uh, 10,300 left. There's no one at that exact Finau, price. Boom. But there he is, Tony Finau at 10-2. And this might be my favorite lineup that we've made in a long time. Well, I just saved it into some contests, so there we go. Tony Finau, Hideki Matsuyama, Denny McCarthy, Joaquin Neiman, Cameron Smith, Justin Suh. Boy, that's a good one. Boy, I like that. Yeah, Cameron Smith, we didn't talk enough about. I mean, he sets up really well at this course, and just it's one of those things. Like, you don't have to get too crazy. I mean, course fit and all this stuff matters, but a lot of times people just don't look at how good the golfer is, and Cameron Smith is a really, really good player. And, yeah, the top of the field's pretty strong, but where he's priced, he's a much better golfer than, than where he's priced. So I really like Cameron Smith this week, and I expect him to make some noise just in general going forward. Uh, why are you bullish on him this week? He's been trending in the right direction. He's got one of the, I'd say, top 10 wedge games in the world. Uh, 10 might be pushing it, but um, if you take out sort of that top tier that does everything so well, you know, the guys that, okay, well, that guy, he's one of the best ball strikers, one of the best wedge guys, one of the best putters all kind of put together. We kind of remove the top 10, 15 players in the world. After that, you kind of list everybody based on uh, their wedge game overall. And and Cameron Smith is uh, very heavily involved in that conversation. So throwing the fact that he was T13 last year at this event and he's been trending in the right direction, uh, all signs point, pointing towards him having a nice week this week. Yeah, I love the current form. And yeah, you look at his stats. He's, he's only struggled really off the tee, uh, which normally is something I really value, but it's not like he's horrendous. So like everything else about his game and, and his trend is certainly good. Um, all right, want to get into this... Uh, this BMW PGA Championship lineup, this could be fun. Let's talk about this a little bit. We, we really haven't talked about this yet. So before we start making picks, we've got, as I mentioned, Tommy Fleetwood and Patrick Reed right at the top of the board this week. Uh, uh, looking a little further down, Tyrrell Hatton, Justin Rose, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Eric Van Royen, Thomas Peter, Shane Lowry, uh, Matt Wallace is down there, Aaron Rye, who's coming off a win, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood. Um, just some of the the top names over there, and obviously we're gonna have to dig a little deeper. We can't throw six studs in in a uh, DFS lineup. But. We had Rye on the pod, didn't we? Unbelievable. I mean, it's a great event. It's a, it, and and you know the pricing makes it so that you can get some really good players. Um, you know, last week I, I thought there was some value with some of the you know kind of normal guys that we're taking um, uh, the of the Euro guys, and I think we have uh, kind of the same thing. Just you know, the one outlier guy is, is Patrick Reed, who, you know, playing most of his stuff, most of his golf on the PGA Tour, but happy to see him out there. Tyrrell Hatton, or Tyrrell Hatton's still out there. Justin Rose is playing. So really strong field. Um, I'll let you pick first because I, I don't have conviction out of these top guys. I know Fleetwood played really well last week. Could have won, but the, the flat stick was another kind of bugaboo for him. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Man, I tried to defer, and you deferred right back at me. I'm not okay. Sure if you want to defer, me, I'll defer. Sorry, no, no, I'll I'll take one, but I'm going to spend money since you're you're handing it to me. And 
Ben Coley, who writes for SportingLife.com, does a terrific job, and I especially trust him on all the European stuff um, because he does really well with that. He has called Shane Lowry probably his favorite pick since the return to golf a few months ago. Um, loves him this week. He's got a really nice track record. I really don't want to go against that. I, I like Lowry. I don't love him as much as Ben seems to. Um, I'm going to bypass him, and I'm going to spend some money and put it on Matt Fitzpatrick, who is trending in the right direction. He got caught in the wrong side of the draw last week in Scotland, where uh, it was about a four-stroke differential to be on that end of the draw. But uh, I think Fitz is a a guy who tends to play really well at Wentworth. And as we've seen over the years, uh, this is a a course where horses tend to uh, compete and contend year after year after year. Yeah, I had one lineup last week, uh, had everyone on the right side of the weather. I thought it was a huge angle. I liked Fitzpatrick so much that I actually played him uh, Mm. still on the wrong side of the draw, which says a lot about how much I like him. So I I think that's a really sharp spend. Uh, I've been on him a lot lately. Hasn't paid dividends as much recently, but he's playing really, really good golf uh, during the COVID swing. Uh, So I like that quite a bit. I'll go with the guy I picked last week that I played as well, Eust Wheaton. I I really like him again. 8,100. I mean, this is a guy who dominated on the European tour for a while, starting to find the form again. Uh, I think he's pretty strong value uh, at 8,100. There's so many guys in here I like. I I might like more guys in this event than the PGA Tour event this week when I just start going up and down the list of everybody that I like. But Bobby Mack played really well last week. I know it was the Scottish Open. He's a Scotland guy, but I think he's starting to get the hang of things once again. I mean, he kind of looked... I wouldn't say bad, just kind of eh for a lot of the year, but starting to get it back. 14th last week, uh, finished with three consecutive rounds in the 60s at what wasn't exactly easy conditions. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Robert McIntyre with my my next pick at 8,600. I lost a big head-to-head on the guy I'm about to take who just went nuclear on Sunday. Thomas Dietrich uh, went absolutely yeah. nuclear on Sunday. I was fading him. Uh, one of my high stakes matches, the guy had him. That stunk, um, but I'm going to go to to Dietrich, who I think is playing really good golf. Uh, I was sweating him, not making some birdies and some of the holes coming in, and he like went on a birdie barrage, and I, it wasn't even close. I really like this. We've got four of six positions filled. We've got 15-1 left to spend. I want to put you in too much of a bind here. All right, give me Westwood. I'll be kicking myself if Westwood plays really well this week and he's not in our lineup. So I have to do it after last week. Doesn't leave you very much money. It leaves you 6,400. I had guys a little bit above this, but I, I, I think I can find someone here. If you have a pick down I, here that you're like, I'm all about it. I mean, I will just tell you that guys I have played over the last few months, I, Jack Singbrar is going to be a good player. Uh, I know you probably, most people listening have not heard that name before, but uh, he, he can hit the ball a little bit. Wacom B. Hansen. His plays really well. He's, to pick. he's got uh, three top 30s in his last four starts. Not bad. I, I've been playing him, so that's what I was going to take. I was just scrolling I'm down. I'm fine with that. I, I tell you what, Alex Levy's got a ton of talent, but it's just hasn't been showing lately at all. He's uh, he's not playing well I whatsoever. think I've had Hanson in like two of my last three lineups. Uh, he's coming out pretty strong in some of the numbers um, that, that – are out there for the Euro Tour stuff. I like Hanson. Let's throw him in. That was my that was my first instinct. And if you're backing him up at all, then we're we're definitely going with it. I mean, he gets to play in this lineup with uh, with five really superstar type players. So yeah, uh, going down the list, we've got uh, Thomas Dietrich, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Wacom B. Hanson, 
Uh, I guess there might be a Wacom A Hansen out there, so we don't want to get those guys confused. Uh, Eust Luton, Robert McIntyre, and Lee Westwood. That is a really strong lineup with, uh, if our boy Hansen can come through, the other five guys uh, could all be on the leaderboard at some point. So uh, that could be a nice lineup there. Um, Pete, this has been great. Um, this has been a lot of fun. This is a really good week. Uh, hey, uh, before we go, you got an LPGA pick. We're going to be talking some LPGA on the gimme this week. You put me on the spot for the European stuff, <laughs> and I had it. I I have actually watched some LPGA golf because it's on before the other golf, and it's incredible. Like people are like, "Oh, I could go out in the LPGA tour and compete." No, you can. Unbelievably good. Yeah, Danielle Kang, an American, has probably been the best player in the world so far this year. Cool. Uh, Brooke Henderson's been fantastic this year. Um, she's really trending in the right direction. Uh, both Corda sisters have been really good this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, it, it, it's great. I mean, it's it's really a good time. I wish more people were into it. I wish they were marketed a little bit better. And I, that's not to say they do a poor job. I just don't know. You know, I know Mike Wan has wanted to get the LPGA onto network TV more often and get them in front of more eyeballs and uh, maybe if that happened, people would be bigger fans and maybe talk about it a little bit more. I don't know what the, the if they way- got betting markets going. I would be all in. You know, I and I I have been talking to someone with the LPGA about how to sort of uh, market it better from a betting standpoint. DFS lineups. I mean, if PGA Championship was on DraftKings this week, all of a sudden, guess what? We'd probably know a little I bit more about what we're talking about. Of For course, sure. you would. Yeah, yeah, we all would. Always so impressive. I mean. They hit the ball a long ways. They're like spinning back wedges. Their touch around the green so impressive. And by the way, for what you said, where a lot of guys say, "Oh, I could play on the LPGA. I'm a pretty good golfer. I hit a long way. I can beat all those girls." I okay. know you can. I'm I I'm not great. I'm a four or five handicap. I played a lot of golf over the last few years with a girl named Sarah Hoffman, who has conditional status on the Symmetra Tour. Sarah kicks my butt every single time we play together. Uh, there's no chance that I could beat her. Uh, maybe even once, let alone on a regular basis. And and she's still trying to make it just on the developmental circuit. Yeah, so uh, so to all those guys out there, no, you couldn't. I, w- I will give you two names. So uh, I've got a person who knows things, put those in capital letters, person who knows things on the LPGA, who has uh, given me some good advice over the last couple of years. And this week, that person, even before these two players had top 10 finishes at the ShopRite LPGA Classic this past weekend, told me Brooke Henderson for the win, Brittany Altmer for a top 10 finish, and I am sticking with those. Uh, and like I said, each of them had top 10 finishes this past weekend, Pete. Wow. All right. You, I'm sold. <laughs> Brooke Henderson, fire. I, I believe she's about 10 to 1 this week, though, so it's not a big number. But in any case, a great week for golf. A lot of really good tournaments, especially for – Uh, The first week in October, which is really cool. We've got all these other sports going on, but uh, golf continues to roll on. It's been fantastic. For Peter Jennings, I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks so much for listening, and here's hoping you hit the green this week. We're finished talking.